What's up, my nerds? I am CJ Burroughs, the Next Gen Nerd, and your host this week for Bible Thump. And I'm glad to have this opportunity to come and share with you guys. Uh, for those that don't know me, uh, I was a youth pastor, a Next Gen pastor for a long time, uh, but about six months ago made a transition to being a school teacher. So now I teach middle school math, and it has definitely been a different way to minister. Um, but there's a lot of things that are still the same because kids are the same no matter where you go. And um, ministering to them, loving them, caring for them, uh, it's the same. It's the same whether I'm working at the church or whether I'm working at a school. And I want to share with you guys a story uh, that happened recently that really kind of tore me up a little bit. I had a young man in one of my classes who came in very excited. He was going out for a um, for a sport. He was He was trying out for a sport. And it was definitely new for him. Uh, this kid is wonderful in, in so many ways. He's not what I would typically think of as the athletic type to be participating in this. But part of our school's process is we have to fill out um, uh, a sheet that gives their grades, their behavior, how they respect adults, things like that. Uh, and this kid, when it came to his grades, when it came to how he treated others, when it came to uh, how respectful he was in class, uh, he was straight tense, and I wrote that down, 10, 10, 10, on all three of them. And he was really touched that, that I would think so highly of him, and I really do. He's a, he's a great kid. He's a really nice kid, sweet kid. Well, some other kids in my class saw that he was trying out for a sport, and uh, when they found out that was the case, they began to pick him apart piece by piece. And in my class, it's crazy sometimes, and so it had probably been going on for a few minutes before I realized what was happening. And when I found out, I shut it down, um, but the damage had already been done. Like, I could tell that he was definitely deflated, uh, at the best deflated, if not completely dejected at trying something new. And right after I shut this down, one of the other kids took a little ball of paper and threw it right at the back of this kid's head, just a tiny little piece, tiny little piece of paper. Threw at the back of his head. Bounced off his head. He didn't even move. And I was crushed. I was crushed. I was hurt. I was mad. It really affected me. And I had to stop and think for a little bit as far as why that bothered me so much. Why did those actions bother me so much? On the surface, you can say, well, they were mean kids. Of course it bothered you. But it really affected me. I think because I knew exactly what he was going through. I was that same kid in middle school and high school where I would want to try something new, but I was told all the reasons why I couldn't because I wasn't good enough or um, uh, even, even meaner words. that I would, I would suck at that. I'd be terrible. Uh, and so I didn't want to try something new or kids would pick on me. And I would just, if I can keep my head down long enough, they'll leave me alone and then I can go about my day. And so seeing that replayed on this young man's face... Um, it cut me pretty deep. It cut me pretty deep. And when I'm in those places, I really I have to turn to Christ and go, what would Jesus do? How would, how would Christ handle this? And I was reminded of all the times where Jesus would look to the people who were ignored, the people who were humiliated, the people who were forgotten, the people who were pushed to the edge, uh, and Jesus would care for them. He would love them. He would reach out to them. And I remember wondering about this and, and thinking through this, and I thought, you know, it affects me so deeply because I experienced it. I wonder if it was the same with Jesus. Jesus who, you know, was born not to a place where he should have been born. And I mean, he was born exactly where he should have been born. I guess what I mean to say is that he was not born in the conditions 
that he deserved. He was born in these very lowly conditions, lived a very humble life, uh, was ignored, sidelined. What good can come from someone in Nazareth? He was mocked and ridiculed, not just by strangers or elites, but by even those that knew him. He was he was not treated with the respect he deserved. And so I wonder when he saw his creation doing being done the same to them, if that's why he reached out to them as much as he did. And maybe not. Jesus' love was perfect. So maybe he was just doing it because that was his plan. But I wonder sometimes if that was the case. If because he knew exactly what they were going through, what it felt like to be rejected. And, and I mean, let's let's open this up to the Trinity and, and, and God and the Holy Spirit and the rejection of the Holy Spirit and the mistrust of God the Father. You know, that, that feeling of rejection, that feeling of disrespect and and not care and hatred. I wonder if that's why he cared as much as he did for us. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is Luke 15. Um, it's a, a trio of just beautiful stories, beautiful narratives, uh, and I encourage you to read all of them. If you haven't read them, uh, the story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin, and the story of the lost son, um, you probably have heard those if you've been around church people at all. Uh, but if not, check those out, Luke 15. But I want to focus on the first story today, Luke 15, verses 1 through 7, uh, the story that we call the lost sheep. And uh, this sets up why Jesus is telling these stories. Uh, and I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, NLT, uh, but you can read out of whatever translation you'd like. In Luke chapter 15, verse 1, it starts, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. And I just want to pause here for just a second. Just These, these were our... Were, you know the the religious elite and in our day i would think um uh pastors deacons uh people that should have been trusted in a safe place and here they are um complaining that jesus was associating with sinful people verse 3 so jesus told them this story if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost what will he do won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for that one that is lost until he finds it and when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over ninety-nine others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So Jesus, as he does so often, is challenged, saying, Are you doing the right thing? Are you really doing the right thing, Jesus? Like, let's talk about the laws. Let's talk about the Sabbath. Let's talk about uh, the ceremonial cleansing. Let's talk about your behavior. Let's talk about what you said. And Jesus, as he always does, flips the script and says, Let's really look at what's important here. And here he's, he's telling them, they're upset that he's spending time with lost people. And he's saying, isn't that what we should all be doing? Isn't that what we should be doing? That those that are lost, those that have wandered away, those that are alone, those that are in danger, should we not then go after them, find them, care for them, and love them? Because no one else is going to do it. In this case, the shepherd, it's his sheep. Who else is going to do it if not the shepherd? And so I say that looking at the story with my, with, with my friend, with my student who was, who was ridiculed, um, and after this happened, I spent every class period after that class and leading up to it the next day sharing the story of my life, of being 
dejected. And I go to, I work in a school that's in a small rural district where many claim to be Christians. Many claim Christ. And I told them, if this place is not safe for a young man like that to try something new, to be surrounded by people who call themselves Christians, where would he be safe to go? And I told them that it was their responsibility, and it's my responsibility, and it's your responsibility. If there is someone who is lost, if there is someone who is alone, if there's someone who is wandering, we need to be like Jesus and find them, rescue them, bring them back home safe, and celebrate. And now you may say, this story is about Jesus. Jesus is the shepherd. Jesus is the one that should be coming and finding us. That you're, CJ, you're, you're putting yourself where you shouldn't be. And maybe. It's happened before. It'll happen again where I take an application of Scripture and, and maybe I, I stretch it into a place that doesn't need to go. But I don't think that's the case here. Because, yes, the shepherd here, Jesus is talking about the shepherd going after the lost sheep. Uh, and Jesus is the one that comes after us. But... If your story is anything like my story, Jesus used somebody, probably like you or like me, in his rescue mission to, to save you, to save me. That he uses us in this way. And I think the reason why he does is because we understand what it's like to be lost. We understand what it's like to be dejected, to be left away, left, uh, left and forgotten. Like We know what that means and what that looks like. So who better to find someone who's struggling with the same thing to love and care for them? Love Thy Nerds' mission is to reach our nerdy neighbors with the love of Jesus Christ. Nerds are typically characterized as being uh, antisocial, uh, as being introverts, as being loners. Um, but if you're one of us, you know that that's not true, that uh, we may be socially awkward at times, but we love deeply. We care deeply for each other. Um, and so we are the perfect people to be on the front lines reaching our nerdy neighbors because we know that Jesus is hope. We know that we're stronger together. We know that we need each other. Uh, and we know that someone has to make the first move, and why not us? As I think about this young man in my class, as I think about me at, at his age and feeling alone, it was, a, it was a Christian man who came and reached out to me and cared for me and showed me what it was like to love Jesus. We are to be involved in that same rescue mission. And so if you're a student at school, I would encourage you to look for those kids who are alone, who have no friends, uh, who, um, who need somebody, and be that friend. If you're an adult, do the same thing at work. Do the same thing at your college. If you go to college, do the same thing in your neighborhood. Look for that one. The 99 don't take care of themselves for right now. Look for that one. Find that one who may be lost who may be alone, who needs somebody, and let's be a part of that rescue mission and care for them well. I appreciate you guys spending the last few minutes with me. Uh, as I said, my name is CJ Burrows. I'm the Next Gen Nerd. You can find uh, my podcast, the Next Gen Nerd podcast, at nextgennerd.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter or X or whatever it's being called at this moment, uh, at nextgen underscore nerd. Uh, and we'd love to talk to you about this. We'd love to talk to you about anything that you have going on um, and just some, spend some time with you because uh, I enjoy being with people and, and loving others, um, which is why I love love thy nerd uh, and their mission to love their nerdy neighbors so thank you for listening and hope you're having a wonderful day